Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host Aileen Day and today I have a wonderfully special guest joining me and he is the most lovely Simon Whelan, the founder of Montage Recruiting. Now if you don't know who Simon is, Simon is one of Australia's leading executive recruiters and him and I were recently having a conversation about all things value-driven brand and I said to him, you must, must come and join me on the podcast. So he agreed and thankfully for us, here he is. Thank you so much for joining us today, Simon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, my absolute pleasure. Look, I could listen you to the luck of the Irish. I wasn't given a choice. <laughs> no, I wasn't really given a choice. I pretty much said here, put your calendar in. <laughs> so today, what we're going to be talking about with Simon is all things value-driven brand and recruiting because the whole uh, the whole aspect of it fascinates me. But if you don't know who Simon is, uh, I'm going to hand it over to him to tell you because on top of his 20 plus years of recruiting experience, there are so many more secrets to him, such as? Um, I was a cyclist. <laughs> what kind of cyclist? Good question. I'm glad you asked that, <laughs> <laughs> This is not rehearsed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a I was a, an international road cyclist. Wow, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was good fun. I still ride my bike. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, probably not as fast as I used to, unfortunately. And where would have been your favourite race? I think for any Irish cyclist, the Tour of Ireland, which is a ten-day um, pro-am race, is always the the pinnacle of the season. Wow. Um, well, I got to race in the States and in various European countries, obviously in Australia. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so, but I think that was, that, that was always for our cyclists, the, the, the highlight of the season. That's amazing. What got you into cycling? That's a good question. <laughs> you didn't rehearse that one. Thank you. No. <laughs> um, well, I was, um, I was a soccer player. I was a football player. Ah. Um, and um I was going okay, and but I, I suffered a bad injury, and, and um, in my rehab, um, my physio said, "Listen, get back out and do some cycling, mm-hmm. um, to strengthen up my, my leg muscle at that stage." And um, my neighbour at the time was uh, an ex-Olympic cyclist, and oh. he got me out, and um, I joined the club, and all of a sudden I was racing and completely forgot about soccer, and yeah. <laughs> It took over my life for years. <laughs> Soccer became the poor cousin then. Yeah, well, I'm still I'm still a Liverpool fanatic. But, you know, that'll that'll never die. Wow, I feel like that yes. comes with the territory, doesn't it? Mm, absolutely. 
So then you have made it into such an amazing discipline being professional cycling. And I love that you say it's fun. Like, have you ever done a spin class? (laughs) Yeah, I have, yeah. (laughs) Um. That's about the extent of my cycling. So I can't ascertain any piece of fun to do with bikes, but I'm glad you do. But then there's also this additional piece where you have become one of Australia's leading recruiting men, agents. How did you get into recruiting? Good question. Um, when I was in university, I, I, was, uh, I was getting myself through university by, by doing book promotions and merchandising um, campaigns, um, mm. and, uh, which was great fun. Um, and... The agency that had me doing that asked me to come in and organize in a particular campaign. Um, part of that cam- campaign actually involved recruiting, I think, around 180 people nationwide. Oh wow! Um, bit of a yeah, it was it was for um, it was for a brand called Saint Ivel, um, utterly butterly. Um, Did you just speak Irish? No, utterly butterly was a brand utterly of butterly. Okay. Yes. It was a brand of margarine or spreadable butter, one of the things. Oh, in, okay. in, <laughs> and we had to um, we had to find um, people to do in-store promotions um, for three weekends um, in a row, mm. um, in every multiple, every supermarket um, okay. in Ireland. So um, we had huge. to recruit all of that. We had to make sure they had their their stock and their vouchers and their uniforms and everything like that. And yeah, it was brilliant. It was, it was literally crazy working 60, 70 hours a week for a couple of months. And wow. um, it was a hit. And after that, the agency asked me if I wanted to come in and they had a recruitment wing. And um, that's how I get into recruitment. I started recruiting for various, um, various types of personnel. Wow. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, shortly afterwards, then I was uh, I was um, approached by a chap um, who wanted to start a domestic recruitment um, company. He, he had an international engineering recruitment company. Okay. So he asked me to come in and start uh, a domestic um, recruitment company. So myself and another chap started that ridiculously, and we hadn't a clue what we were doing. Um, and. Uh, we just noticed at the time that in Ireland there was a lot of multinationals, American multinationals setting up um, because of the low corporation tax rate. Oh, and yes. Um, and a very highly um, ed- educated workforce as well. Mm. Um, so we, uh, we started going after multi- American multinationals. I think our first client was Dell. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Aim high, I say. I, are they still going? Does everyone just use Apple? I think no. Dell's still around. Dell's still around. They yeah, make processes, though. <laughs> That's about it. Right. <laughs> well, Gateway was another one of our clients. I'm pretty sure they're gone. Oh, I don't even know who they are. There you go. I'm definitely yeah, showing. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> um, but we um we started with then we we won the likes of um, Lucent, um, Philips, um, Apple, um. And uh, it was all around providing multilingual staff. Oh, um, okay. For a couple of years, and it was it was brilliant. And uh, but I kind of had itchy feet and um, wanted to. I just wanted to work for myself. Mm. Um, so uh, I started a company called Worldwide Jobs um, in 2000. 
And uh, I am, as I like to say, I was self-unemployed for the next 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) I've never Um, heard that before. Yeah, it was always great. (laughs) And we went after that market and um, interestingly enough, I mean, my area of specialization is uh, is digital marketing and certain areas of digital marketing, as you know. Mm. Um, the first digital client I think I started working with was was in probably around 2002, 2003. Um, and uh, well, it was probably two clients came around the same time. Um, we had AOL Bertelsmann, America Online. Um, Far out. A company called, um, oh God, Overture. Oh, and Overture I know yeah, Overture was subsequently bought out by Yahoo. Yeah. Um, and uh, we started doing all their uh, multilingual recruitment. Um, one of the first roles we were looking for was called an internet editor, um, which was writing text with metadata, key ta- keywords, the whole lot. Now you're showing key- your age. I know. <laughs> that, would, that would be called Netflix. An internet editor. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. <Yep. clears throat> And I can tell you a really good secret that mm. I actually interviewed my wife for one of those roles and she turned it down. <laughs> and that's how I met my wife. <laughs> oh, so, wow. There you go. Um, that's brilliant. So, yeah, we became more and more specialized over the years in, in, in tech and um, online kind of tech and uh, um, closed the agency and sold Partridge in around 2010. Mm. And Decided to come to Oz and down under yeah, abroad. February 2011, moved to Oz, Oz and have been here pretty much ever since. Wow. Mm. So then just kind of picked up where you left off when you got here or how'd that go? Yeah, it was interesting when we, when I first arrived, um, when I first arrived, I thought I was going to be doing digital marketing. Mm. Um, I won't mention the agencies, although it's probably on my LinkedIn profile. Um, the agency in question asked me to go into um, civil and structural engineering recruitment. Oh, wow. Um, so that was a learning curve. Yeah, uh, that's one extreme to the other. Probably the most enjoyable workplace I've ever worked in, though. Oh, why um, so? It was just so much fun. Oh, so I love fun. hearing about great workplaces. Oh, it was great. Yeah, if, we could, if I could replicate that now, I'd be pretty happy with that. Mm. Um, it was, you, you never, it was one of those, you never didn't look forward to going to work. Oh, you know? I love that. Um, yeah. I don't know how productive we were now. But <laughs> 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 well, you know, while no one's watching. Eh. But employee um, experience, I tell you, it's, uh, it's making a strong comeback. So that, uh, that... I think absolutely. And, and given the shortage of talent at the moment, if you can encourage people to um, enjoy their work and enjoy where they work. Absolutely. A whole different conversation, if you like, in terms of location of work these days. Yeah. And it's so much more flexible these days as well. I mean, there's a few things we could think of a COVID pandemic for. Well, it's a, it, it's an interesting one because I think there's a whole, there's a trade-off, I think, in terms of, um, I do think the flexibility is going to be here to, to stay for certain roles. Mm. Um, as long as that is married with um, productivity and a good culture as well. I think yeah. workplace culture is still going to have its place. Oh, definitely. So how do we find the balance? Yeah. Um, and still remain productive. Um, that's the challenge. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it's probably a little bit different for every kind of business as well. But, um, I mean, if you all need help with it, call out. Let me know. Happy to come and visit. (laughs) There's a shameless plug. Now, so you spent, that's that's a fair, uh, I love that from nearly the beginning, you just went, you know what, screw it. We're going to go for the top. Love it. Right? Aim high. Got there. No limiting beliefs on your behalf. Love it. So you've come to Australia and now you are specialising in uh, what is affectionately called MarTech, which is um, mm. marketing automation. Yeah. So yeah, marketing, marketing technology. technology. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And uh, if you are listening and you're thinking, what the F is MarTech, think, you know, CRMs, think, uh, automated marketing processes and and funnels and stuff like that, they're the people that make that happen, right? So they're the people that uh, you're specifically kind of headhunting these days. Is that right? Yeah, I I think, um, well, yes, is the answer to that. But I I think it goes deeper in terms of, um, you're right, I think um, it's a space where technology process and people can come together. You like mm. um and if you can marry those three then you should have a very successful martech stack i love that say that again people i, I can't remember what i said now i made it people... up as a bunch of long. <laughs> i do that too <laughs> i i come up with like these absolute <laughs> genius things and then someone will say say that again i'm like i don't even know what i just said mate sorry <laughs> you need to be ready with a pencil <laughs> But I think the pillars there, I, I think if, if, if organizations can get their, their marketing stack right, and that comes with people, um, technology, and then the processes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and obviously that's going to lead to a good overall um, customer experience, and, and which is in oh. your negative place. Now so, you got me excited. <laughs> there you go. It's, yeah. Uh, so I love... All about. I love that you have toiled in this industry for so many years and I can only envisage, like, you've just gone from basically recruiting for a person to edit the internet, which if you're too young to know what that means, maybe go and Google it. Go and Google what the internet used to look like in the early 90s. It will blow your little mind. It is hilarious to see where we have come from in such a short space of time and it is even more funnier because Simon and I were just talking about the 90s and um, we were quite certain well at least I was that the 90s were only five years ago (laughs) I think you get five six maybe six at a stretch (laughs) I mean I'm about to turn 41 and you know being 14 felt like that was only maybe like eight years ago maybe if you're lucky so time flies when you're having fun but so does technology and then obviously so does the skill sets required uh to to fulfill the needs of consumers these days and to create those trusted and value-driven brands and so you know a few things that uh, people listening in might be able to tune in and uh, take on to create their own value-driven brand what are some of the insights that you have when it comes to creating a value-driven brand simon 
Um, I think from our point of view, um, there's a couple of principles that we try and stick to. I mean, I, I think industry knowledge, I think particularly in our space, I think um, understanding um, what we're looking for, for example, how mm -hmm. to take a, a comprehensive brief, how to understand the overall problem. Um, my own background is, is, is marketing. So I graduated uh, marketing and languages. Um, I don't speak any other languages, but I was supposed to. <laughs> um, I, I used to be able to speak fluent Indonesian. Wow, okay. Now can speak I'm fluent impressed. bullshit. Well, you know. And English. <laughs> the Indonesian come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> only okay. only once while I did a stopover in Malaysia. Okay. Yeah, for two hours. Got to test it out a little bit, but that was about it. I was like, oh well, there goes the fluency. Well, um, yeah, no, I did German, Spanish and French. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and and because in Ireland, because you're part of the EU, um, those languages would be important. Of um, course, yeah. You know, and obviously being Irish, you have to learn Irish from quite a young age as well, um, which is hard. I laugh, but there's actually, the, the Irish actually have their own language other than English, yes? Well, we do, yes. yes. Is it, Gaelic, I'm going to be, yeah. please correct me if I'm wrong, is it Gaelic? We call it Irish, Gaelic, Irish, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Whew. All right, now we got sidetracked. My bad. Now, marketing. What I was going to say was that I, I studied marketing, mm. um, but I also went back after um, a number of years and actually went into diploma in digital marketing as well. Okay. Um, to try and keep up with what was happening from a recruitment point of view. Mm. Um, if I sit down and I'm taking a brief from a client, I need to know what they're talking about in terms of their, their tech stack, um, in terms of their marketing strategy, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, if I'm sitting down with a candidate, I need to understand what they're talking about in terms of their actual role. Mm. Um, I think digital marketing has become so broad recently. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, we were looking for a digital marketing person. We were looking for a generalist, someone who could do a bit of SEO, PPC. Um, was social around then? It would have been. Yeah. What's PPC? Pay-per-click. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, paid, yeah. Good to see um, my marketing degree worked for me. <laughs> are we on the right podcast here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't do PPC, so uh, yep, there cool. Go. There you go. Um, but uh, so you know, you need to be able to understand what um, a candidate is actually doing, what, what what and what makes them successful, if you like, as well. Mm, um, how are they adding value? We talk about you know. I actually love, by the way, the name of your podcast. Oh, um, thank you. Value Driven Brand. I think it's it's ingenious because that's what we're all trying to do is add value. Absolutely. Um, it's something I, you're probably a fan of Jim Rohn. Um, mm, yeah. Speaker. And he talks about adding value. You know, it's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So how does one add value by, you know, so you're explaining um, using that marketing uh, piece to kind of help the candidate and help yourself. How does that add value when you're the candidate? I think um, I think you if you speak to a recruiter mm. um, that can relate to your experience, that understands what you're doing, um, that understands the, the trajectory that your career can go on, 
right. um, mm. the challenges, the frustrations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, a recruiter that has that insight can have true empathy um, and really understand um, what you want to achieve and, and how to go about doing it. Um, yeah. So you're not just a recruiter trying to place someone. You're actually adding value um, by being that consultant, that proper consultant. Yeah. As opposed to just trying to place someone to make a sale. Um, and that's what that's what I'm that's what I have been all about in my career, and that's what we're trying to, I suppose, build our company around, if you like. Yeah. Um, which is easier said than done because then we have to go and find people that have that insight and that knowledge to be able to um, deliver those those value adds, if you like, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really interesting. I've only really had um, maybe one or two experiences with uh, recruitment agencies, but I did certainly get that impression that even though they were executive um, uh, recruitment agencies, we kind of might have expected that the, the value add would be maybe even more uh, aligned with the role, I guess, um, they were still pushing people through like they were just a number. And I was like, wow, this is an interesting experience. And I'm, I'm actually quite grateful that I got to experience it because I, you know, I've used recruitment agencies to hire people and uh, to see it from the other end, to know what they go through and like you talk about, to be able to deliver that empathy like it was kind of uh, my version of um, undercover boss. <laughs> it was a really interesting insight. And I sat in the car after the, the interview and the discussions were finished and thought, wow, that was really like herding sheep. <laughs> An interesting, yeah. interesting experience to be the recruitee or to be the candidate. Um and I can see how if you were a brand such as yourself trying to move away from that type of operation, like that would serve the candidate hugely. I, I, I think that's I think that's the value of a good recruiter mm. for me. Um, um, I don't think my personality would allow me to um, do that kind of herding cattle type recruitment you spoke about there. Um, you know, for me, I, when I take a brief um, from a, a client, um, you know, I, I ask silly questions. You know, I, I purposely ask, you know, there's an old saying in Ireland, it's the, uh, it's the wise man that can act the fool. Me. You know, and me. Well, or me. I do. <laughs> People literally have told me off for asking too many questions. They're like, can you just stop asking questions? I'm like, do you know what? If I'm thinking it, someone else in this room is thinking it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, taking a, a, a comprehensive brief is so important. Understanding mm. the challenges, not just of the role and, and what we're looking for in a person and the cultural fit, but yeah. of the business objectives. Because oftentimes I've sat down with someone that's looking to um, to recruit for a particular person. Um, mm. And um, when we actually unpack it, we realize that maybe that's not the best fit. Maybe we need to look for a different type of candidate um, that fits the business um, strategy a bit better. Um, and uh, I think that's the type of deep conversation that we can have. Um, and, and that's just all about adding that value. Um, yeah. And therefore, you know, you go to market, then you have, actually have a, a more 
um, defined idea of what you're actually looking for. Um, and sometimes it might not be, you know, as a recruiter, you like to be able to go back to a client with options, three or four candidates and say, you know, um, these are the, the, the benefits of going with each. Mm. Um, sometimes it can be a, a matter of actually finding one fantastic candidate that's going to hit the nail on the head and go back with that person and advocate for that person. Yeah. Um, oh, my favorite word, advocate. Advocate. I like to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I think, yeah. Uh, I think that is certainly an amazing way to start shifting the way recruiting happens and to help the people that are the candidates. Because I imagine also has COVID kind of changed the way candidates or potential candidates look at the opportunity to change roles like has they has they have they my goodness me Aileen have they uh have you found that they have become a little bit more hesitant to take on new opportunities what's happened post-COVID it's a good question um I think there was a lot of disruption during COVID Mm. it hasn't settled down as far as I can see yet Mm. um I think I think COVID in, in my space has accelerated the rate of digital transformation. Yes, um, very so true. Obviously you're at Bunnings, so, well, Bunnings is always an exception. People could always go to Bunnings. Um, well, kind of. But if we look at typical retailers, yeah, um, maybe there was a shift to, um, to go online sooner and, and to, to, to embrace online. Yeah. Um, and to really invest in um, a customer online experiences. Yeah. Um, so what I found was that the talent, which is finite, there is only a certain amount of talent in the marketplace. And there's, you know, and, and at the risk of sounding disrespectful, there's plenty of candidates. Mm. There's very talent. And the talent ah. is well, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, so there's, there's always a finite amount of talent in the market space. Mm. Um, and this, this particular space of, of, of MarTech and, and, and overall e-commerce and digital, um, I think there's been a greater demand for that talent over the last probably six, eight months since the second lockdown, I feel. Yeah, um, okay. And um, mix that with the fact that there's no inner, inward migration as well, so there's no new candidates coming into the marketplace. Oh, and by inward migration, you mean uh, potential candidates coming from other countries into Australia? Yeah. 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 So our border has actually been, been closed to candidates from abroad coming in. Right. Um, so we have more demand and less supply. Oh. Um, and what you're seeing is um, obviously that's going to affect price of talent. Um, salaries have been going up. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of change in the marketplace. Hopefully it'll settle down again sooner rather than later. It nearly um, sounds like the housing market. <laughs> well, that's what's, yeah, it's, yeah. Hopefully it's How a bit crazy. Mind you, I'm about to sell a house and unfortunately that boom is not hitting where my house is, which is very annoying. But anyway, by the time, by the time it's all said and done, you know, the real estate agent's the one that's going to win. So. They'll always win. So be it. So be it. Now, 
Interestingly enough, so that's a really good point. I, I love that. But we were also talking about delivering value around um, the way that you go and uh, provide services to customers and potentially stop just doing things the same way because that's how they've always been done. So talk to me about your your insight on delivering value by changing the way you do business. Yeah, well, I think um, I think the recruitment industry has been, it's always irked me in, in, in many ways. Um, mm. In terms of when I went into recruitment, um, I looked at how other recruitment companies were recruiting, mm. um, embraced those T's and C's, and, and that's how we did business, that's how we charged um, and made money. Mm. Um, but it's always kind of, um, it's always bothered me slightly. Mm. Like, you know, you, you talk about, you talk about you're selling a house. Um, well, it's probably a bad example. You talk about going to an accountant who will be a business consultant. Right. Um, well, whether or not um, um, you get a positive outcome out of your, your end returns or not, he's going to invoice you for his time. He certainly will. <laughs> there's, there's very few industries whereby um, you charge a percentage of, of a salary or you charge like that, uh, which is typically what happens in the recruitment industry, um, right. which for me is kind of a, it's always irked me. So what we tried to do was we just tried to unpack the, um, I suppose, the business model, if you like, behind recruitment mm. and go to the market with options um, and sit down with a client and, and understand what their pain points were. Oh, um, I love provide it. Solution, provide them a solution and price accordingly. Now that can be the traditional recruitment model, if you like, in terms of the contingent recruitment model where they come to us and we place a person and we charge a fee based on that, on that person being placed. Mm. Um, or that can be a retained option where whereby we go and we do a, you know, a, a detailed search and we come back with a number of candidates and we present those, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Or that can be that we actually um, look at their whole recruitment process, if you like, and mm. help them redefine it. Um, put applicant tracking systems in place, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, provide a completely different solution for them. Um, so, so I, I think, you know, we talk about, we talk about the value add, I think look to add value first. Um, and I think providing you're adding value, um, everything else takes care of itself as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And you know why I love that kind of change in thinking on the, on the way that you deliver value is because, uh, you know, when I think about the old ways or the, the more common ways that recruitment happens, whether it be, you know, the, um, the contingent way or, or the two um, uh, services that you talked about, but that third service going in there and really kind of pulling out the the way they do things and reinstating a more streamlined service and a more streamlined process and the systems and stuff like that that is that is sexy to me that is that is the way that you implement a stronger foundation for your customer experience for your employee experience and ultimately the human experience because what you're now doing is you're taking into account, hang on, we're not just herding cats here, we're like working with human beings and I think so many organisations when they uh, 
you know, looking to recruit, they're like, just get me, get me a person, right? Get me a body. The, oh my God, the amount of times I have heard somebody say to me, I just need a warm body. Are you joking? Mm. And that's not, just get me a warm body. I'm like, I'm not going to get you a warm body because ultimately everybody suffers when we don't do this properly. And I think it is 2021, it is about time that somebody kind of bites into the apple differently. You know, I said I said the other day there's plenty of ways to skin a cat, except the lady that I said it to had a cat sitting on her lap. <laughs> oh, my goodness me, Aileen. Seriously. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's a, a potentially it's a scary concept to go into a business and tell them, uh, you know, that there's better ways to do things. Mind you, I do it all the time. I love it. <laughs> but uh, it does. It really kind of comes back to how you're helping them become a value-driven brand as well because, you know, like we talked earlier about, you um, you know, the potential turnover of employees mm. as well and the amount that organisations are spending on recruitment, which is big dollars, like big, big dollars. And my point to those businesses would be it's one thing to get the right body, but it's another thing to make sure that you are delivering your own value to that employee and therefore giving them something to reciprocate because this day and age, and I'm sure you'd agree, money isn't everything. I would totally agree with you, absolutely. Um, and I think you're right. I think there's a number of things that come into that equation in terms of what employees are, are taking off the table. Yeah. Um, and, you know, different things are obviously important to different people. Mm, so I think employers have to listen, ask the question and listen to the response. What's important here? Mm. Um, I think what is coming out for me is that a lot of people are looking to work on good projects at the moment. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Um, you know, and, you know, we touched on Jim Rohn earlier. Mm. Um, and I, I think, does he say something along the lines of, um, God, I can't remember the quote now. Um, so some, success is something you attract be, by becoming a better person, isn't it? Becoming a better Something like that, you know, yeah. People can add value to themselves by getting better experiences. Yeah. Um, I think the actual monetary value will just add automatically. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think that's that's interesting. Um, so I think employers have to embrace what candidates are looking for mm. um, and try and provide, provide options. Yeah. Do you know, I read some statistics yesterday uh, while I was writing a, a fresh blog and uh, it said that 75% of employees leave their job because of the leader. Wow. Do you know how much that breaks my heart? So you can go and do all this wonderful work recruiting the best of the best and if the leadership, if the, if the way that they do business um, as a leader is incongruent with the way they value their employment they'll leave it's frustrating i have to say it is frustrating i mean you you mentioned there that um recruitment is one of those equations mm. where but if it goes wrong it goes wrong for everybody yeah um, employers um don't want to hire candidates that aren't going to work out long term 
Absolutely. Um, candidates, candidates don't want to go to a role that's not going to work out for them as well. Yeah. Um, so it is worth doing properly and, and worth doing right. But then you're right, when an employer actually builds that team, yeah. you know, create an environment where people want to stay, where they're going to flourish. Um, and there's various different ways that can actually happen. Um, so many. Hmm. Um, and it, you know, it could just start by asking the questions. What do we need to do to, to make this a better place? Yeah. Hi, Aileen and Simon. Yay. Yeah. Job done. <laughs> we'll help you. We're here to help. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And some of those statistics yesterday, they just made me oh, just shiver. But, you know, it's what keeps me employed. So <laughs> if everybody was amazing, <laughs> I'd have to go and retire. I'll go back to Bunnings. Hey, Michael. I <laughs> uh, love it. You know what? They are some amazing insights and uh, some really good things to consider. So basically we're saying, uh, you know, like just start considering how you might be able to turn the tables on your competitors. Why do you have to keep doing everything the same way that they all do just because that's how it's been done for all these years. And some might call that a pivot, but some might just call that innovating. And to be honest, if you're not a brand that is uh, not innovating, then you are only a business and uh, you are not going to be a business for very long because true innovation is what it takes uh, to to become a brand and then to become a trusted and value-driven brand. It takes constantly looking at ways to do uh, or to constantly looking at how you can do things differently and improve the ways that you do them. So I absolutely tip my hat off to you. And if you are an organisation and you think that your recruitment strategy could do with a bit of an overhaul, then Simon and Montage Recruiting are your people. And I think also then if you are a uh, MarTech specialist or expert and you think you've got what it takes, then you too need to go and hit up Simon at Montage because it does certainly sound like uh, the real estate agent, similar to the recruiting industry, it's it's uh, your time to shine. So that is definitely something I would highly suggest. Go and make the most of those opportunities while the, uh, what did I say? Go make make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> now, there's one other thing. Uh, you might not be aware, but uh, before I let everybody go and uh, if you haven't listened to the Value Driven Brand podcast before, you might not know, but all of my guests get a guest profile form that I ask them to fill out. And they very kindly fill that out. And one of the questions on there is I ask them, what is the one song that gets them pumped up for anything? Now, do you remember the song that you put on yep. your form? Which is it? It's Bad by You Too. Bad by you two. Now, I had Simon, to go with an Irish band. Pardon? I had to go with an Irish band, didn't I? Had to, that, of course, they are too. Yeah, there you go. I didn't even make that connection. God, I'm terrible. There you go. That makes so much more sense. 
<laughs> well, you might not realize, but uh, every guest that comes onto the Value Driven Brand podcast uh, and submits their one song that gets them pumped up for anything, that song then goes onto my personal playlist. Uh, and I share that with you on the Value Driven Brand podcast series. So where you find this podcast on valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series, you will also find Bad by you 2 on the Spotify playlist that we have put together for you. So there is no reason why you can't get pumped up for anything at any time. Simon, it has been I'm glad, such... I'm glad I chose a cool song now. Yes, well, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, it I, I've started saying this a bit, but it's becoming quite eclectic. There is trance music on there. There is classical music on there. It is such a um, melting pot of music that to see what gets each person pumped up is actually quite insightful into their personality. So I, um, I quite love it. Someone said to me once, oh, you're not, you're not serious. You don't need that. I'm like, no, no, mate. Like this is the most serious. (laughs) Give me a song. So I love it. So hopefully you're listening. Uh, if you're listening, you can also go and download that uh, that Spotify playlist and uh, go get pumped up for anything yourselves. That is it for us today. Simon, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if you want to get in touch with Simon, uh, you can head to Value Driven Brand forward slash podcast series and Simon's podcast will be there and all of the contact details for Simon as well, whether you might be a candidate or a talent member or if you're an organisation thinking that it's time to overhaul the way you do recruitment or just needing a little bit more help, then Simon and the montage team can certainly help you. And he will also have his details for his newly formed business, Montage Digital, up there. Now, before I let you go, do you want to give me a, a elevator pitch? What's Montage Digital about? Good question. Uh, <laughs> watch this space. We're working on it at the moment. Um, okay. I suppose... Um, it's, it's montage recruiting is quite a broad offering. We can help any company. Um, montage digital, if you like, um, is, is a specific offering um, to our MarTech client space. Right. Okay. I like it. So we're, we're getting further down the funnel then. Exactly. I yeah. love it. Very good. Well, we will be sure to put those in, uh, details and information on the website as well. So that is valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Simon Whelan from Montage Recruiting. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Eileen. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Now, everybody get out there and go and create value for somebody else in your life because what goes around comes around. I'm Aileen Day. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought-after leader in your industry? Access our Value Driven Brand quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. 
go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.